Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Just wanted to pass along, uh, given the situation in Ukraine and Russia pertaining to hockey, that the Oilers' Matvey Petrov. Uh, is currently playing for North Bay. He's got 30 goals, 74 points, 49 games, plus 25. He was the number one pick in the CHL import draft a couple years ago. Edmonton has his signed, and they also got Dmitry Samarukov signed to a one-year, one-way deal for next season. Uh, there were reports that Seska was looking at uh, giving, uh, bringing uh, Samarukov back on a three-year deal. And you got to wonder, this is going to be an ongoing saga with some of the uh, Russian prospects in NHL organizations. All right. Uh, every Wednesday, uh, one of the most popular guests uh, to our show, Brian Lawton from the NHL Network, joins us. He is our Oilers Now headliner for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk. That's W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Brian, how you doing? Uh, first of all, I'm very humbled. I had no idea I was one of your most popular guests. I assume that everybody's the most popular guest by your introduction. Uh, not Mark Spector. <laughs> well, just, of course not, Spec. I mean, I we just don't have gave to go him. That a, I just gave, right. I just gave Spec a plug for a piece that he wrote about the confluence of events with you know the the biggest Russian star in the NHL, Alexander Ovechkin, the obvious connection to Team Putin coming into you know the largest Ukrainian. Uh, you know, market in terms of uh, international hockey league coming into Edmonton. It was a really good piece written by Spec, so I'm giving him a love tap. Hey, I got to read you a text here, okay? I, I just said it going to break. Uh, the Oilers are we're about ten days away from the NHL trade deadline, and I said Edmonton can make the playoffs if. They, they get some more saves. The team gets healthy because they've had six or seven guys out here. And their special teams get turned around because they've been an, an absolute free fall. Uh, 24th in the league on the power play since December the 2nd. Dead last in the PK since December the 2nd. So, um, And this has garnered some response. Boomer says, Bob, you've been saying this all season long. It's wishful thinking that the goalie problem's all of a sudden going to solve itself with this tandem. We need a goalie via trade or Skinner rises to the occasion. Any other trade without addressing the gold standing situation is a waste of assets at this time. And I, I and I, what I mentioned, Brian, is I don't know if the right goalie's out there for Edmonton to give up assets, but I could see the team potentially looking at adding another defenseman with a little bit more experience. Uh, and I think that's why Boomer responded. So as a former GM of the Edmonton Oilers, or sorry, of the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, and a man who, you know, started Octagon's agency up, you're up in the, every night you're on the NHL network talking about what teams need to do. If you're looking at the Oilers from afar, the obvious is goal, but is that practical? I mean, can you, what would you do if you were running this team right now? Boy, just put me on the spot right off the bat. Thank you. Welcome to Wednesday. That's but why we have you. I'll answer your, I'll answer your question. It's okay. Uh, I would be trying to, of course, you're trying to find a goalie. Please, everybody that's listening, send your ideas in. Because there's not a lot of great ones that are available right now. 
I mean, it's so desperate that I even tracked down the injury update on Mackenzie Blackwood as I saw his name potentially pop up. Unfortunately, he's had an ankle sprain for three months and uh, doesn't look like he'll be playing this year. So that's how desperate it is. You're trying to track down a guy that hasn't played in not three months, but two months he hasn't played for. So um, it's not easy in a goaltending position. In a perfect world, yes. Marc-Andre Fleury would be wonderful. Is he available? No. In a perfect world, if Tukaras had stayed in Boston, then maybe Omar might have been available. Who knows? But those options aren't really out there. It doesn't mean you can't get a goalie, but it means you're going to absorb a lot more risk in doing so. And it could be a waste. It could be. But for me, it wouldn't necessarily be a waste. I just think the team is definitely good enough to be in the playoffs. And as a general manager, you got to try. You got to try. But there's no great guaranteed solutions in the goal position. So then you got to move on to what controls your goalies more than anything. And that's the defense. And you've got to kick tires on the guys that are available out there, whether it's a UFA or it's a guy potentially that has term left. It seems to me like the price for a, a Jacob Chikrin is a bridge too far for the Oilers right now. So then you got to look at the Sherrats, the Lettys. Is Hampus Lindholm going to be out there? Is Josh Manson on the move? Does Josh Manson fit what you would be looking for? Probably not. But the other players could all potentially be in your top four, just like Broberg, though, who also is being forced to play more minutes here. They're left shots. So there's a ton to unpack, but I would really strongly attack the defense position. And aside from that, you got to keep going on the roster. Right now, the Oilers are shorthanded. That definitely has hurt them. It has definitely taken away a little bit of the shine from the nice bump that they originally got when Ken Holland hired Jay Woodcroft. But injuries have definitely uh, robbed some of the energy that I felt the club initially got. So you'd have to look at that as well. Uh, It's a quandary. There's no doubt about it, Bob. But um, it doesn't feel like standing pat is the right thing to do with this group. To me, personally. It doesn't mean Ken Holland. He's a magnificent manager. So what can you say? Guy's a Hall of Famer. 16-5 and start. I'm, I'm shocked we're in the, at the time that uh, Darcy McLeod Wood guy passed this along to me, did some research. After the game, and we're kind of quibbling around the numbers a bit, but after Edmonton lost in Seattle to drop to 16 and 6 on December the 3rd, that was the high point for their goal differential on special teams. They were plus 19 in special teams goals between power play goals and shorthanded goals four, as opposed to the goals they'd given up. Uh, when they were on the PK, and I think they had had a couple they'd given up, uh, you know, uh, some shorties against, plus 19. Since that time, they're minus 20. That I mean, given how good right. their power play has been for the last two, that I think that's the thing that I, like when I look at this, and people will say, oh, Stauffer, you're the ultimate Oilers apologist, yada, yada, yada. I don't think anybody saw Edmonton's power play. Like, it's been the number one power play in the league, for two and a quarter seasons, why would anybody think that it would be the 23rd or 24th ranked power play over a 35-game stretch? Nobody would have seen that happen. Um, and so, I, and to me, that's been part of it because it's manifested into some scoring challenge. Like, they haven't been able to outscore their mistakes. Here's the irony, Brian. 
they're actually way better five on five than they were before. And it was it started under Dave Tippett before he was relieved of his duties. They were actually playing a better possession metrics game. Maybe that just shows you stats for are for losers. What do you think? Uh, I agree with what you're saying, but you know, ultimately, it's been a really tough 90 plus days for the Edmonton Oilers. They've you know kind of tried to ride with it. It's a tough trade market out there. There hasn't been much happening in that respect. I felt like Evander Kane kind of you know that's money from heaven when you get a guy like that but um there's still more work to be done on the roster i think that's clear to most of the fans out there and you know there's still a more aggressive progressive approach that would significantly benefit the oilers in my opinion um but that's you know that's up to the management and and goes all the way to the owner as to how they run things but when you have two superstars it feels like we're burning daylight when you're not advancing quicker that's for sure yeah, well, I, I I certainly didn't think when I mean, we went out for a dinner with some folks that uh, traveled in. Uh, Barry and Brenda from uh, Vagerville took us out for dinner in, in Seattle, and I just uh, you know the there was a real sense that the team was on the precipice of you know hey top eighteen. I think at the start of the year you had the Oilers as a wild card to win the Stanley Cup, or at least make it out of the West, and and now we're sitting I here. Did. You mentioned Evander Kane. Edmonton's got five games left to the trade deadline. Two of them are against Washington and Tampa. Those are good teams. Then they get Detroit and Buffalo and New Jersey. And New Jersey's New Jersey can skate. Edmonton's lost all three of those teams already this year. If the Oilers go one three or one or something like that, are they going the other way with Evander Kane? Does Ken Halt like and nobody wants to hear that in oil country? But does if Edmonton's seven or eight points out of a playoff spot? At the deadline day, does Ken Hall need to look at going the other way and possibly moving a guy like Evander Kane somewhere? My initial reaction would be yes, but of course you would wait and watch and see how the other teams you're competing with do. There's crazy things going on in the West right now. Yeah. Obviously you knew someone was going to lose last night between Nashville and Dallas. That's helpful. Dallas lost. Probably would have preferred if Nashville lost. Personally, if I had a dog in this fight... Um, and then Vegas goes into Philly, which you think is a great couple of points the way they've played this year and lose in regulation. So you're going to be monitoring all the information you can. But no, it's not unfathomable that the Oilers could be thinking that way. I think that would have catastrophic repercussions for the organization long term, though. I really do. I don't okay. mean to be a doomsayer, but it's... Uh, if I start to think that way for this club, then there's a lot of crazy thoughts that come with that. All right. I'm going to go a different way. I'm watching what's going on in Chicago right now. Last night, Kirby Doc lined up on right wing. Okay? I'm, and you know I'm pretty bullish on Kirby Doc. Okay? Would you contemplate... It, they've got a new general manager. He... He, he's, he, he's, he's not obviously Trevor Zegras right now. He's not producing like Hughes, though I still think long-term he has a chance to be a pretty effective player. Somebody said to me a couple days ago, Brian, he's Ryan Johansson. I'm like, well, that's not a bad player. And, I, and others would say his optimal side is Ryan Getzlaff. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a pretty good player. 
uh, and Getze went back to juniors for two years and spent the first half of his third year in the minors, which is where you know Doc is at right now. You know, finish up you know his third season. Would you try to pull him out of Chicago if you were Edmonton? And what would you have to give up? Of course you would try to when you have a six foot four centerman that has the pedigree that he has, and even though this is his third year, he hasn't really played that many games. He's played under hundred and fifty games. So you have to take all those factors into account. Uh hasn't scored at the rate that you would expect him to, but it's not uncommon for exactly what you're describing to happen to young players, particularly big centermen, as they continue to grow into their body. But this comes down to not you or I, Bob. This comes down to the, you know, scouting department that you've built as an organization. And this is where a general manager, he doesn't have time to go watch every one of Kirby Doc's games. But his staff does, and that's part of their job. And they should be able to inform him what their thoughts are, whether that's a yes, no, or a maybe. Uh, for me, it's a definitely a maybe, if not a yes, but it all depends on what they would want in return. And, um, you know, the results, it's hard to argue from their end that you would want a third overall pick because the results haven't shown that. And people get antsy and you have different people take over organizations and there's different thoughts that go along with that. So there, there's a lot to unpack there. But those are the types of scenarios, Bob, that that's incumbent. The competitive advantage for Edmonton, believe it or not, this will shock all the viewers or fans out there, not viewers, we're not doing television, is your ability to accumulate intellectual brain power off the ice so that you make good decisions. Your analytics department, your scouts, all those things. That's, that's like the last place where you can significantly upgrade and it doesn't have anything to do with your salary cap. And that's Ken Holland's job to make sure that's in place. And running down every possible scenario is a part of managing a club. The Edmonton Oilers, um, you know, the world is still their oyster for me. I didn't pick them just on blind faith to potentially win the wild card. Things needed to break right. That was a wild pick. That was the that was the criteria for that particular give us something wild that people wouldn't think. Well my wild pick was Edmonton has the foundation if everything breaks right to to literally surprise the heck out of everyone. The goaltending went completely south. Um, the season has had a lot of stops and starts, a little bit sideways at times with the Olympics and everything else. It's been a certainly a peculiar year but ultimately nobody cares about that people only care about the results and the results have not been there for the Edmonton Oilers to date this year yeah well and in fairness when you talk about the goaltending going south I mean certainly I said if Koskinen would got back to 905 to 915 and if Smith came down from 923 to 905 and 915 they'd be fine Miko's at 904 he's got a 19-9-3 record he's been fine the problem is Mike Smith hasn't been able to stay healthy and hasn't been good enough when he's been in there. And that's where the drop, and we got a lot of fans saying, why in the hell isn't Stuart Skinner just getting a shot? And others would say, he just isn't ready yet. So it's an interesting thing. I want to circle back to something you talked about, Aaron. Basically what you're saying is Edmonton theoretically can spend more on research and development because that doesn't count as part of the cap. And that's where you think that the Oilers should maximize things, given 
we know what they make per game out of you know roughly when, when now that we have fans back again that this is an area that they can they 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 can outgun other organizations because of the strength of their fan base is that fair brian 100 percent. that's a low-hanging fruit that's available to a team like edmonton and that's that's not the situation in every organization. I managed a team in Tampa, trust me. That was not the situation at all. Uh, but it is in Edmonton, and that starts with Daryl, obviously, and his direction down. But, uh, you know, it's a rabid fan base there. You know, the, the returns on your investment are so significant that I don't know how you couldn't be doing that. I just assume the Oilers are, that they have one of the best analytics departments in the NHL, but I don't hear much about it that doesn't mean they don't um you still need to make sure it's a part of the evaluation process as well can't just have a good analytics department and the same thing through your scouting you know are are you forward thinking are you doing everything possible to take advantage of one of the easiest things you can take advantage of in the nhl which is to increase your hockey operations intellectual brain power I even see pro scouting differently today than even seven or eight years ago. I mean, you can you can get every shift of a player for the last 300 minutes of his time on ice in the NHL immediately at your disposal. You still got to see the guy, but maybe, you know, you're doing more video work and then combining that with analytics, getting the numbers to support it. But you need people championing that cause, don't you, Brian? You absolutely do. You've got to be forward thinking in today's world. you got to take advantage of technology that's available a lot of teams are not a lot of organizations just aren't they're they're ran with a very old school approach that's not good enough the salary cap has made things more complicated there's ways to get ahead you've got to be pushing every one of those buttons you've got to understand it and you've got to push forward if you want to do well that stuff is free in terms of capital with regard to your club it's not free in the real world your owner has to approve it but that's just a part of the organizations that are dynamic. Just are, the way are, there a couple, are there a couple that you can think of off your top of your head that you're 100% are, are that way? A couple of NHL teams. Sure, of course. I think Tampa's that way. There's no doubt about it for me there. I think, believe it or not, Carolina, very forward-thinking. They're not a big market team, but they're aggressive in their use of analytics. They're not known as paying their staff very well. Tom Dunn is a good friend of mine. He'll probably call me for saying that, but he won't argue with me. That's just the way he does business. But he's got the right people in place, and he's got the right processes in place for them to take advantage of it. And their team is terrific. You can't argue with that since Tom Dunn is taking that team over, a guy that is very, very aggressive and forward-thinking. They've done incredible. Um, You can just... Keep on going. I know Toronto is spending a king's ransom on their analytics side. Now, you know, when I analyze them, I feel like they're a little bit hung up on some decisions they made from the past with the allocation of their dollars, and it's hurting them. And I've talked about it for years. They've proven me wrong. They've been very good in the regular season, but now it's about the playoffs, and they probably have to reallocate some of the money they have in their high-end forwards and put it in at least a better decor if they want their goaltenders to perform better. But, you know, that's just my opinion. But they're not they're not, not spending off-ice. 
they're spending to the max, and they're getting a lot of data that they're processing. You do still have to make the right decisions. That's what's so interesting about this business. But that's a few examples just right off the cuff, and there's many other teams. Florida as well. Would be enough. Are doing Florida as well, right? Florida, Florida, Florida would absolutely be, you know, and Sonny Meta, who runs their analytics department, who is very forward-thinking there along with Phil Zito, is a good friend of mine, and I know exactly what they're doing, the predictive models they're using and how effective they've been. You cannot argue with the decisions they ma- they've made to pick up Sam Bennett, to trade for, um, to sign Carter Verhage, to trade for Sam Reinhardt. I mean, these guys are hitting home runs all over the place. That is not necessarily the wealthiest organization. Not that Vinny Viola is not wealthy. He is. But that market doesn't support great things. But they're spending in those areas, and they're getting a lot of bang for their buck. They've got guys like Rick Dudley and Paul Fenton working there as advisors like and you can see the results on a nightly basis how about mason marchman from the leafs for they just (laughs) unbelievable brian great stuff thank you for taking time to join us here in oilers now my pleasure bob 12.55 12.55 in Edmonton when we come back. NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. And uh, we'll give you the injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. And you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. 12.57 in Edmonton. Guests in Oilers Now receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion from Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. We go into NHL today presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. We will tell you. That Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise and specialist, head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Very light schedule in the NHL. Here's Brendan Escott. Sure is. The only other game tonight is on the West Coast. It's the Canucks and the Canadians. We've got Oilers and Capitals live on 6.30, Chad, at 6 o'clock Mountain Time tonight, 4.30 face-off show. Uh, Toronto signed 31-year-old Kyle Clifford to a one-year $1.529 million, $525 million contract extension. Columbus extended Justin Danforth two years at uh, 1.95 million. He's 28, has seven points in 22 games this year. Anaheim claimed veteran defenseman Andre Schuster off waivers from Tampa. Uh, Wings defenseman Danny DeKaiser cleared. Guy Lafleur, Lanny McDonald, and Kim St. Pierre will all be inducted into the Order of Hockey in Canada. Bakersfield uh, one game this weekend at home and uh, Oil Kings aiming to stretch this win streak to 13 games on the road tonight in Medicine Hat. There you go. We'll go off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey when we come back in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.